Before we dig into the episode today, I just want to say that we're continuing this Lenten idea of exploring our faith, kind of wandering through the desert, and continuing the last episode's exploration of what is it that we are we're doing with our faith. You know, are we showing and loving the same as Christ shows and loves us? So as we continue with the episode today, uh, keep that in mind and let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Theologian Podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. Uh, Today, I have some thoughts uh, around five different scriptures that have kind of um, been a part of this idea that I have been exploring for a little while uh, now. I originally wrote a sermon titled, Bind the, the Words in Your Heart, Uh, last year at some point um, based off of these five scriptures and I want to explore that a little bit more today Um, and I'll give you an example from my past that kind of uh, will support this idea. Um, The five scriptures that I will be pulling this from are Hebrews chapter 9 verses 11 through 14 Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Psalms 119, verses 1 through 8. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 1 through 9. And Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. I know, another single verse. It all makes sense within the context of the narrative of today's message. Um get to that point when we get there. Um, I'm going to read the main couple of scriptures here. Um, not going to read all of them. I do recommend that you pause the episode and go read them all so that you have them in your mind. I will bring them up where they are um, kind of relevant to read them throughout this episode. Um, but I will reference them without reading them all, uh, kind of the themes. So, like I said, recommend, pause, go read them. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9 is what I'm going to read now. Now, these are the commandments, the regulations, and the case laws that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you to follow in the land you are entering to possess so that you will fear the Lord your God by keeping all his regulations and his commandments that I am commanding you, both you and your sons and daughters, all the days of your life, and so that you will lengthen your life. Listen to them, Israel. Follow them carefully so that things will go well for you, and so that you will continue to multiply exactly as the Lord, your ancestors God, promised you in the land full of milk and honey. Israel, listen. Our God is the Lord, only the Lord. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, all your strength. These words that I am commanding you today must always be in your minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are sitting around your house and when you are out and about. When you are laying down and when you are getting up, tie them on your hands as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them on your house's door frames and on your city's gates. And then we're going to read Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus replied, the most important one is Israel. Listen, our God is the one Lord. and You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal expert said to him, well said, teacher. You have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other besides him. And to love God with all your heart and full understanding and all of one's strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more important than all kinds of entirely burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, You aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared ask him any more questions. All right. Um, so I was in my first two college classes some years ago now. Uh, it was a strange paired class load, an English writing class paired with an art history class. And the point of the pairing was that we would learn how to write papers and how to communicate ideas and concepts coherently. And the papers would revolve around art in some capacity. Uh, my English teacher was very laid back, and it was uh, easy to understand the content, um, which was great for me, um, and exploring how to write was fun. My art teacher, however, was eccentric, and the content ranged from easy to rather difficult, as it moved beyond knowing the different color wheels and, and being able to recite the precise language of uh, the fields and theories of art to being able to place pieces um, of art anywhere across thousands of years of art history. Uh, it got to be a little dense to take it all in, as you can imagine. Very interesting class. Um, both the professors were very adamant that we needed to bind the information that they would teach into our minds and remember all of these vocabulary and terms that they were teaching us. For English, it was relatively easy. For me, anyway, and to this day, I can give you the basic ideas of an outline, how to formulate a theory, um, you know, the best font and colors for the eyes to pick up when you're writing or making a PowerPoint. Art was a little more difficult. Four weeks into that semester, the teacher gave us an exam that the class universally did pour on. Um, the instructor opened the next class by berating us and telling us that if we cannot find it in ourselves to internalize this content and remember it, that we would never get a job of substance or meaning if we could get one at all. 
uh, if I remember correctly, she goes, if Burger King would even hire you, um, which, you know, at the time I was furious. And at the end of that class, I was more than happy to rate that professor for the school's evaluation. Um, however, it did motivate me to learn more in that class, mostly because I wanted to pass so I could someday come back and tell her I never needed that knowledge to get a job. To this day, though, I remember the difference between the types of columns builders use in churches and temples from ancient times through the Renaissance. Uh, it did not occur to me how important that knowledge of the pillar style of building was until um, relatively recently went for a, a Greek class I was uh, taking. We were looking at the seven churches written about in the book of Revelation. And the difference in the city's architecture became useful uh, for me um, because I was able to recognize what would have been a city built by Romans and one acquired by the Romans. And while it sounds mundane, it was useful for understanding what the author of Revelation meant when they wrote about the folly of a few of those cities. Um, all these years later, Binding that information about the pillars used at that time in history uh, served a purpose. Um, and luckily for my integrity, I never went back and boasted to that art teacher. In the uh, the gospel reading from uh, Mark that I read, we find Jesus talking to a legal expert of the day. These legal experts were not lawyers as we might think of them today. Uh, these folks' purpose was to have studied the laws given to Moses and written about in the first several books of the Bible. They then would teach and advise from the Bible as they knew it. Uh, they did not have to know the Roman uh, decrees or um, you know, the Greeks or any of the other ancient megapowers of the world at the time unless it was counter to what the Jewish Bible had stated their job was to know the laws of the Bible as it was and be able to give others guidance by it they would have advised the Pharisees for instance in matters of enforcing those laws or judging another uh, chapter 12 in Mark is where we see the Pharisees and the Herodians who were the family line of Herod come and test Jesus about paying taxes taxes to Caesar. Uh, then after them, the Sadducees come to test Jesus again about the laws God gave Moses. This legal expert heard that Jesus answered them all with um, reframed answers from the Bible as they would have known it. Uh, Jesus seemed to this legal expert or legal teacher to be well-learned and knowledgeable about these matters, as I imagine. Um, and he asked, what is the most important commandment? It is pertinent to know that there are 613 commandments in the first testament of the Bible. So we have the 12 commandments and then 601 more, which does not include the second part of the Bible. Um, and they are both broad and specific. God's law is very thorough. So this question might seem a bit hard, um, but how do you choose which of the commandments of God is the most important? Especially when we, uh, we general 
uh, Big C Church, uh, say all of the Word of God is important. Um, think of when you go shopping. Even when you know what it is you need, most of the places will have a bunch of choices. I went to my local local hardware store looking for nails. Um, I got into the aisle where the nails were. Half of the 30-foot aisle is nails. I know what style of nail I needed, and there was still a four-foot wide by, you know, six-foot section. I knew what length I needed, yet there was still a four-foot by two-foot section. I figured I only needed a few, uh, but they have pre-boxed, or you can count them out how many you need, um, you know, and put them in a little baggie. There were still yet more options. I spent 10 minutes just trying to figure out which one was the best for the project I was doing. And even just a couple uh, days ago, I went for baking soda at the grocery store. Seems like a simple chore. <laughs> but did you know how many choices for baking soda there can be at the store? There are seven choices at the grocery store I went to. I don't even know didn't even know there was certified organic allergy-free options for baking soda. I thought baking soda was baking soda. Turns out that it still took um, more minutes to make the decision than I thought I would need. So in this instance, the expert of the law asking Jesus, which of the laws is most important out of the 613 that's a task that makes my brain hurt just a little bit. Thinking of those nails and the baking soda, I had far less than 613 to have to choose from. Jesus, though, does not hesitate, as the scriptures uh, lay it out. Um, he responds, the most important one is Israel, listen. Our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your being, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. No other commandment is greater than these. Uh, the expert of the law responds, Well said, teacher. You have truthfully said that God is one, and there is no other besides God. And to love God with all your heart, a full understanding, and all of one's strength, to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. There are several reasons that the expert responded to Jesus with such praise, I imagine. Uh, first, both commandments that Jesus gave are rooted in the Mosaic Law. So Jesus did not give anything new. He restated them and their importance. And then in the reading that I noted from Deuteronomy... This morning it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, all your strength. These words that I'm commanding to you today must always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you're sitting around your house and when you're out and about. When you're laying down and when you're getting up, tie them on your hands as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them on the house's door frames and your city's gates. Um, the other... Uh, law that Jesus ties in there is found in Leviticus, uh, which is the Leviticus 19.18. You must not take revenge nor hold a grudge against any of your people. Instead, you must love your neighbor 
as yourself. I am the Lord. There's something very unique about these commandments. Many laws or commandments of the Bible are related to how you should act, how you should conduct yourself, or how you should handle specific situations. These were all given to Israel as a way to set them apart from the rest of the world at that time. These two specifically are related to God, and according to Jesus, rise above the other 613 of the First Testament, and then of the other 1,048 other commandments that come up in the Second Testament. Why? Um, was the question that came to me. Why does it say in Deuteronomy to tell everyone? Why talk about it all the time to everyone and wear it on yourself, both inside and out, and surround yourself with it in your house so you see it whenever you leave or enter? These commands in such... uh, this, This commands it in such a manner that it is expected that it will be evident if you believe these commandments and observe them because they'll be on your door they'll be on your body they'll be on the community that you live in uh the first one is not all that hard to figure out if we believe in god the god that it says is the one lord the only lord and we say that we will follow god we have faith and we will love him with all of our being think of if you have a spouse or your child Uh, your grandparent or parent or any other person that you care about it is evident the ones we truly love by how we treat them and talk about them and respond to them we love them inside and out if we truly have decided to have faith and do have faith in the one living god we will love god with all of our heart mind strength and soul there will be no burden on our heart to show it to the world The second part of Jesus' answer now is you will then love your neighbor as yourself. This, as I said, comes from Leviticus. Um, The the first thing to understand about that verse is when it says any people and your neighbor, it was talking about every person on earth. You know, Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter of the Bible says, So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, everyone was created. Uh, That's Genesis 1.27, if you're interested. Uh, We are to love everyone because they are created in the image of God, though, is, is the point. The two commandments that Jesus says are the most important are not all that different. If you truly love the Lord your God with every essence of yourself, you will then not only love yourself as part of this commandment is uh, too about you, but you will then love everyone. Every single person around you has the image of God in them. You know, when you go out today, I want you to turn to your neighbor, whoever you're sitting next to, across from, walking by, and, and think that they are created in the image of God. I challenge you to tell someone today that they are created in the image of God. You know, when you see yourself in the mirror, remind yourself you are made in the image of God. When we follow the commands uh, and the laws of God, the psalm that I listed, 
uh, Psalm 119 this morning, uh, this afternoon, actually, uh, gives us an image of what that process and its results are. Uh, One through three verses say, Those whose way is blameless, who walk in the Lord's instructions, are truly happy. Those who guard God's laws are truly happy. They seek God with all their hearts. They don't even do anything wrong. They walk in God's ways. When we walk and talk and follow God's commands, we live a life that shows our love and commitment. And when we truly love God and keep these, like the lovers in the book, Song of Songs, we find ourselves in natural states of happiness and interaction with God and those created in the image of God. Mind you, this does not say that there won't still be disputes between us, just that we will handle them in loving manners. In today's day and age, it seems that is something that is long lost. These two two commandments that we read this morning are what the rest of the Bible uh, rests upon. The rule of faith and the rule of love. When, When these are kept, it is what brings us into alignment with God and other commands. They are followed out of that love and faith. These commands... I encourage you to bind them to your heart, to your mind, you know, tattoo them on your wrist if you need to, um, you know, tell your children, tell your loved ones, tell everybody. You were created in the image of God, and you shall love God like no other. And if you do that, if you truly love God, you will love your neighbor. It's this beautiful cycle when you are truly observant of the scriptures and you truly live into your call as a Christian, you not only love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, but you don't look at anyone else the same. As we mentioned in the last episode, you love everyone in that love of God and that love that Christ give us, gives us. You see everybody through those eyes that the Spirit gives us. I mean, there's, I could keep going on and so much more. I hope that you will consider these, uh, these scriptures today and this idea, bind these words into your hearts and your minds so that you will see nobody the same, but you will not only pursue God, as fully as you can, but you will love God and everyone around you the same. I'm going to call it there for today. As always, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, reach out to me at uh, the email address for the show, ponderingtheologian at gmail.com. Or go over to the Instagram at Pondering Theologian and interact with me there. I hope you are doing well. Praying for you. Remember, God loves you no matter what. There's nothing you can do about it. I hope you have a good day. Talk to you soon.